Hello, my name is Jillian. My name is Yolanda, and welcome to The Pemberley Podcast. So Yolanda, you know how last week you shared with us how you saw Bridget Jones's baby for the first time? Yeah. Well, I too saw a recent Pride and Prejudice adaptation. I saw Pride and Prejudice and zombies. Was Darcy a zombie? He was not. He was Colonel Darcy. Oh, okay. And he was a zombie hunter. Oh. Yeah, so here's how the adaptation... It's like very interesting because obviously Pride and Prejudice and Zombies was a book first. Okay, and, yes. And it's so close to the adaptation that the book is by Seth Graham Smith and Jane Austen. So she's still credited as an author. She's still getting paid for this. Oh, well, she's not. That's the point of public domain. Oh, that's, oh, that's true. I know. Sorry, Jane. Sorry, Jane, and all of your... I mean, technically she didn't have children, but oh, that's, oh, possible that's she has an estate. I mean, it's not sad. If you can choose whatever you want, <laughs> yeah. women. <laughs> yeah, go. Choose your... Live your best life however you want. No, but she died at like age 41. A spinster. That, Just kidding. Sad. That's the, sad. the 41 part, not the, the spinster part. I know. Go spinsters. Um, <laughs> that's on, a t-shirt. We're on dating apps. <laughs> but uh, so what's interesting about... I mean, I haven't read the book, but basically the sort of premise of Pride and Prejudice and Zombies is sometime in the, they they, like sort of in the movie, they have like a brief history in like pop-up book form about what happened. Hmm. And sometime in like the mid 1700s, mid to late 1700s, like a zombie apocalypse like is coming, like the dead started rising from the ground. Hmm. And now basically there's a big wall built around London. Okay. And Everything outside of that is no man's land. Like, it's where the zombies live. But, you know, they're slowly sort of infiltrating London. The city, okay. And so there's, like, this these deadly zombies that eat human brains. And when you get bitten, you're basically, like, a dead man walking. Like, you're basically about to be a zombie and you have wow. to be killed. And they're just trying to... England is do- doing as it always does. It is carrying on in this trifling time. And Darcy is a really intense zombie hunter killer. Like it's really like the very first scene is him walking into like a dignified room with a bunch of people and he releases these special flies from a vial and they sense rotting flesh. And he's like, I think there's a zombie here and it lands Ooh. on one of the guys who's <gasps> like, looks normal, but he's got a zombie bite under like oh. his clothes. And oh, so okay. he like kills him then and there. So it's like wow. very violent. Don't see it if you hate violence. So people are able to at least for a little while be discreet about whether or not they've been bitten. Yes. And I won't give anything away, but one of the major characters <sighs> uh, is secretly like a zombie the whole time. And it's... Kitty. Yeah. (laughs) Well, no, it's very interesting. And so they go into a lot of different things, like the upper class. Like, everyone sort of is trained in martial arts to defend themselves. They always carry weapons on them, but they're still carrying on in dignified society. So it's kind of like the Bennett sisters are loading up with their knives and their guns when they go to balls. And instead of, like, I swear, dancing never happened in that movie, Yolanda. Like, the dancing was, like, fighting. Like, like... Lizzie and Darcy's like Fight first dancing. Yeah, they're like first dance that's supposed to happen is like, oh, just kidding, someone's a zombie and we need to attack. So they like work as a team and they like sometimes like butt against each other and they butt heads and it's it's very it was more 
engaging than I thought it would be. I enjoyed myself watching it. So does Mrs. Bennet still care about whether or not Lizzie gets married? Oh, really? Yeah. They, in the well, apocalypse? <laughs> well, and the, well, that's kind of what's funny about it is like in one of, you know, the first episode where she's like, oh, we must introduce her to Mr. Bingley. Mm-hmm. Like she's basically like, we need to marry our girls. So she's kind of representing that part of England that's still trying to carry on with its proud okay. heritage of society. And Mr. Bennet's like, I'm much more concerned with them like surviving yeah. today. Like getting okay. through and defending themselves. But sure, if you want to hook them up and marry them or whatever, go. I mean, Mrs. Bennett's response to a tragedy, if you will, is to shut it out and Mm -hmm. just like, nope, I see nothing. I don't see zombies. My daughters aren't married. So that's what I'm going to focus on. Yep. Yeah. So it's, I mean, that's kind of what's tongue in cheek about it is, you know, if you think about it, Pride and Prejudice does have some bigger world issues. Like we need to keep a roof over our heads and we need to sort of... I mean, I feel like the Bennets are already pretty well off, but avoid poverty. And those problems in this movie are kind of replaced with, we need to not get killed by zombies. Yeah. It's really hilarious, though. Lady Catherine de Bourgh is the best fighter in all the land, and she's played by Lena Headley, who's Cersei Lannister in Game of Thrones. There are several Game of Thrones stars in this. Uh, Tywin Lannister is Mr. Bennet. Oh, okay. Um. Oh, the woman who plays... Bridget Jones's potty mouth friend, the the blonde one. Yeah. She is, I forget who she plays, but she's like one of the friends. She, mm. She's a character in this. Cool. So, you know, everyone you know and love who's a British actor <laughs> yeah. is in this. Of course, Matt Smith, who I love as Doctor Who. He's Mr. Collins. Oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> he does so, he's so funny a lot. Oh, like, great. you know how as Doctor Who, he's kind of jumpy and energetic and dances yeah. around? He kind of brings that same energy to Collins. He's, like, he's a, like, yeah, like a baby deer. Yeah, <laughs> he's like a little baby deer. And uh, Lily... Collins Collins. is, um, no, Lily James. Oh, Lily James. There's a difference. Okay. Lily James, Cinderella. Okay. Oh, that's right. She is Elizabeth Bennett and Mm. she and Matt Smith started dating in real life after this movie or during or whatever. Um, and who else? Oh, Jack Houston plays Wickham. I love Jack Houston so much. I have such a crush on him. I saw Ben Hur in the theaters because of Jack Houston. Anyway. We all have those celebrities. We're like... This is not a good movie. It clearly doesn't look good from the trailer, but I have to support but this I actor. I love you and your face. But I basically love him from Boardwalk Empire. Oh, uh, okay. He was so compelling in that show. I was like, I have to see him forever. So like, I'm basically going to see every Jack Houston movie like until I die. I encourage you all, if you like, don't mind a little blood and gore, <laughs> to watch it because it's, it's pretty good. I enjoyed myself. I did. Good. Just another plug for something we're not involved in. No. Not at all. (laughs) (laughs) But are excited about. Yeah. Next week, we've already talked about this, but next week is finally the Sobbit Squad show with Ashley Clements. And again, if you're in the LA area and if you want to see a great night of theater. A theater in North Hollywood. You should go. You should go. We're very excited to support the Lizzie Bennett cast and all of their endeavors. Yeah. Pretty much love everything that people have gone on to do i know like it was funny because the other day actually julian and i were out getting dinner and on the tv we saw at the, at the restaurant bailey. yeah we saw brent bailey on the commercial <laughs> we're like oh my gosh brent bailey and i, I tried to snap a picture but it was too late because it was a commercial and it lasted like 10 seconds Dumb. so but long enough to see his face yeah 
So it, it's it's always fun. We're not there yet. No, we will be. <laughs> yeah, it's always fun to see what Pemberley digital actors have are have gone on to do, and we're always happy to support them in any way we can. If we can go see a live show, great. If we can see a commercial and try to get a picture of it, great. But fail, also good. Yeah. In addition, recently Ashley Clements tweeted that we can nominate the non-transferable film for Best Feature at the Streamies. So, shameless plug there. We loved it. We had Brendan Bradley on. To talk all about it. If you haven't heard that interview, go listen to it because it was a great interview. Yeah. He talks a lot. (laughs) He, it was a nonstop of like a lot of great info of like all the behind the scenes of non-transferable. So yeah, I mean, while we're plugging things that we're not involved in, Mm -hmm. uh, if you haven't watched non-transferable yet, definitely watch it and go ahead and nominate them for a streamies because that'd be awesome if they win. I just want to see everyone do well. We want to see everyone win. I want to see everyone win. That's, this is true. I want, I want you to win and you're a winner and you're a winner. (laughs) Diving into episode 53, Royal Dining, written by Rachel Kiley, we get some more of Collins when he returns from Winnipeg, Manitoba. Hello! Where did you come from? Winnipeg, Manitoba. Yeah, we haven't had a a Collins-heavy episode in a while, so it's nice to be able to see the character again and just how excited he is all the time about life (laughs) i know and this is great because basically what we get at the end of this episode is our invitation to rosings to dine with in the novel lady catherine de bug but in in our adaptation she's collins vc but he still like worships the ground she walks on yeah that's kind of the major takeaway of this episode Mm -hmm. an invitation Well, but we get to see, it's like a very Collins-heavy episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, something we don't ever talk about, but should, is he's got this fiancé in Winnipeg, Manitoba, and he met some girl in Canada, and now he's gonna get married to her, and we know nothing about it. I wish we, like, had a name. Nothing. I wish we had, you know. Occupation. Something. All I know is she, like, lives up there, I don't know, ice fishing or something, for all I know. Yeah, we know nothing about this fiance whether or not she exists really yeah he could just be vacationing up there inventing fiancés <laughs> but collins is someone who kind of sees the positive in everything again like you said the view of his car park the amazing office he has do you want to do you want a tour and of course lizzie's just like please leave me alone but i'm trying to be nice to you i had i had a tour already thanks but no thanks kind of thing i find it hilarious that he's like i have a great view of the car park outside my window have you seen my office its view of the car park is breathtaking does he mean the parking lot is this what he's talking like the because he makes it sound like there's an amusement park made up of cars (laughs) outside his window and i don't think this is the case i think it's like the parking lot it's not that great No, I think if you're in a very bland office area and that's the only view, you're like, this is great. This is amazing. This is what I've been working toward for him. Um, But for anyone else like Lizzie, she's just like, yeah, it's it's a parking lot. (laughs) Whatever blows your hair back. Yeah, he's Collins is always intrigued with the little things, you know? Yeah, yeah. The the tiniest things that are not even things, really. To us. Yeah, he's quite, he's a big picture person. He has like these great goals and visions. And Charlotte's the one who really gets into the details of everything and is able to execute it all. But he still gets excited about those details, which Mm. is, is a fun character to play with. 
But everything is very theoretical to him. Like, yeah. there's a lot of, he knows stuff, but I almost feel like a lot of what he talks about is hearsay, you know? <laughs> what, do you, what do you mean by that? Well, I think I'm thinking of an episode that's coming up soon where they, like, Lizzie helps with an episode and they're uploading it. And he's like, okay, now we're going to stay here all weekend after we upload the video. And yeah. Lizzie's like, why? Like, do you actually know the mechanics of uploading a video? And he's like, uh, no. And we're like, what? Yeah. So that's she's where, like, like, literally you upload it. You drag the file to the website, hit upload, and it does everything for you. And you don't have to do anything. You can stare at the screen if you want, but it doesn't help the situation. I think he's unashamed to be still, like, learning. He's not, he's not, like, don't tell me what to do. Like, I know what I'm doing. He's, like, he's someone who's very open to learning about all of it still, though. Even though he's, like, completely wrong and completely, like, doesn't get what he's talking about. He's, he's, like, all right, maybe I'm wrong. I guess I'll have to consult Charlotte about this, (laughs) but we'll see. He's a lifelong learner. Yeah. I'd also like to thank writer Rachel Kiley for you having him use the word indubitably. The perfect word that Collins would use. Indubitably. What I love most about this episode, though, is he invites Lizzie to dinner. And so he does the honorable thing and gives her a list of what she should do. Everything that Lizzie sort of reads out loud. I mean, this thing is like four or five pages. But she has on the list. Eat each item of food on your plate separately and one at a time. If you must utilize a knife, do so with your left hand. Which I always, I'm right-handed, but I cut with my right hand. I, I cut with my right, yeah. Why do you have to use the left hand for the knife? That's, I'm going to get really crooked pieces. Yeah. We're both miming cutting right I know. now. Like, I can't imagine no one can cutting see with my this. left hand. But then, yeah. And then, like, I eat with my it, even just Even just miming it feels wrong. I know. I'm like, <laughs> I'm going to get a, it's like trying to write with your left hand. You know, yeah. it's just, you, you can do it. It's just not It's not right. going to turn out the it's way you want it to. in control. Anyway, uh, never say the word catalog, which is weird to me. I think they should have picked a weirder word. Like, yeah. you know, people have an issue with the word moist. I, I guess maybe it's like the humor is in it's such an ordinary word. Why would she have an issue with it? But don't say it. Catalog. <laughs> Avoid wearing any accessories with hints of cerulean. Which is just the color blue, you know? She's got a problem with cerulean. It's a very pretty color. What's her issue with cerulean? <gasps> Maybe one of her rival companies, this is their company logo color. And yeah. she can't stand it because I'm looking at it and it's a beautiful shade of blue. It's like a light kind of oceany blue. But even with hints of cerulean. So like she, she just hates the color cerulean. So even if you have hints of it, she's going to be mad. Dang. Or at least like write you off yeah because it's not as if she's told him these things like i hate these things he's gotten to know her a lot over the years yeah he's sort of these are his tips and tricks for surviving dinner with her yeah if time allows memorize all the songs from miss deberg's favorite musicals see attached list on the last page i love this one i would actually take this to heart because i love musicals yeah i wish we had heard at least two examples of what musicals she'd be into to see if we like it too, if we like, could sing those songs. It would be interesting to see what her taste is. Like, what if the first one was like, Rent? And like, we're like, whoa, all right then, Mr. Mr. Berg. Go for you. Or if it's like, she only likes like, Rodgers and Hammerstein stuff. Yeah. Which is also fine. Yeah. Because I mean, in the book, she is a lover of music. Okay. And she would have been a great proficient if only she had learned. So I'm sure this is their way of saying, she loves music. She loves musicals. Yeah. 
Uh, and the last one, which is, I think, <laughs> my favorite, do not extend your thumb outward while the remainder of your fingers are curled in toward your palm, which is an excellent description of a thumbs up. That's, yeah. You can't help but, like, read that and kind of, like, make your hand do the same thing. Like, oh my gosh, I can't hitchhike in front of her. <laughs> I can't, like, give her, like, a Fonzie, a like, thumbs up. Can't, you can't do any of that. No thumbs allowed. Yeah, that was a really clever way to word thumbs up. <laughs> well, I mean, it's funny because it seems like a very Collins That's thing to write. Why. He's not going to say, no thumbs up. Like, do not extend your thumb while the rest of your, like, in case doing anything with your thumbs or, yeah. or like pointing like this guy right here like this is offensive i think it's weird um, weird list weird people but she's still influential and you have to put up with the weirdness yeah and i mean it, it was nice of collins to provide this list really wasn't something he needed to do and it seems like something he had handy yep. like it was just like i've been collecting these things over the years and i'm like whenever i meet someone new and they're gonna meet Catherine deberg i have this ready this, th yeah, this didn't seem like a guide that he created just for Lizzie. This is like a guide, like, he's keeping track of this, too, of mm -hmm. what he needs to know, of, like, how to maneuver uh, around uh, Catherine de Berg. So yeah. he's done all his research. Go for him. Jumping into episode 54, then, Annie Kins, written by Rachel Kiley. The dinner has happened, and Lizzie has met Catherine de Berg. Not only has she met Catherine de Berg, She's met her nephew. My name is Izzy Bennett, and Catherine DeBerg's nephew is... William Darcy. What the f- It's funny, because in the very first, one of the first things she says in the video is, any guesses, when she uses the term anyone and semi-truck in the same sentence, it's Darcy. Somehow, everyone in Lizzie's life is connected to Darcy. Small world. Small and town. she just can't escape him. He's attached himself to the memory of Jane, George, now Charlotte, and Ricky, and Lady Catherine, and like everyone we've heard about on this show. No one doesn't know Darcy. And I know that's a double negative, but that's a backwards way of saying every single character knows him. No one is safe. Everyone is, is like being touched by Darcy and like there's no one in her life that is Darcy-less. Is Darcy-less, yeah. Probably Lizzie's thinking like, I can't even just have a conversation anymore without... Someone being able to reference Darcy if they wanted to. Yeah, like, no matter how hard she tries, she's gonna have to bring up Darcy in her videos as much as she hates to because of how he's involved in every aspect of her life, really. Not intentionally, it just happened that way. She didn't know that Jane would actually fall for Bing. She didn't know that George had that drama in history with Darcy. And the same thing with Charlotte. With Catherine de Berg being his uh, his aunt. Speaking of Darcy having a history with George, I love it how Lizzie says, If Lydia ends up in any way involved with someone who traces back to Darcy, I swear I'm going to steal a plane and crash land on a desert island. Foreshadowing again on the whole Wickham and uh, Lydia yeah. thing. I mean, there's more reasons that she's going to hate that, but still, <laughs> it's, yeah, that was a funny line. Still connected, still clever little whatever. And I also, I love Ashley Clement's interpretation of Lady Catherine. Yeah, we don't meet Lady Catherine, but we see her, as we've seen many characters, in costume theater. And she's got a very comedic <laughs> interpretation of this character ugliest reading glasses i've ever seen yeah oh yeah yeah. sorry if that was like actually somebody's glasses that Hol they wear. holding a stuffed animal dog not just a stuffed dog 
like the rattiest looking stuffed yeah. dog I've ever seen. I'm gonna like tweet a, when the time when we talk about this. I'm gonna like tweet a picture of this stuffed dog that's got stuffing coming out of it, <laughs> mismatched eyes, and it's just sad looking, like the dog itself. And it's apparently hairless and snaggle toothed. Is that an adjective? Snaggle toothed. Maybe. <laughs> what well, I mean, the thing is, we also find out Anakin's is a dog. Yep. <laughs> That's a plot twist. That, no, so that, kind of like the whole Collins thing where we're like, ooh, is he going to propose to somebody? Yeah. We know that Darcy is definitely not engaged to Lady Catherine's daughter, yeah. Anne, because Anne is a, Annie is a dog, and we cannot marry dogs. Oh, Anniekins, you're just the best, most beautiful poochie in the whole world. Yes, you are. Mm-mm. I don't want to marry a dog. I just want to spend the rest of my life with dogs. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I hear what you're saying. Yeah. Dogs are great. You know, at the end of 101 Dalmatians, where like they buy like a huge mansion and they just have dogs everywhere. Mm-hmm. That's the dream. <laughs> that is the dream. Isn't that what we're all working toward? <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> yeah. And then Lizzie just tosses the dog aside. I know. It's very so sad. sad. Just just like Lydia does with that solo cup when George oh, comes right. in and she gets him half naked. <laughs> Catherine de Burgh carries Anakin's around everywhere, which like if I had a small enough dog or if I was allowed to bring my dog everywhere, I would. <laughs> yeah. I don't well, see anything wrong with that. Honestly, I find that certain parts of LA are like very dog friendly. Yeah, yeah. I feel like in Paris they're known for taking their dogs everywhere. Oh. I feel like people do that here. Like, oh, yeah. People are obsessed with their dogs. They're tiny, tiny, tiny little. I think people are offended if they can't. Bring I know. It's dog like, in. what? I can't bring my dog into the restaurant? Well, I'm like, going to give you a poor Yelp review. They're like, well, it's kind of against the health code. It's <laughs> yeah. like, it's an animal. <laughs> and we find out that Lady Catherine, well, through Charlotte, what we assume is that she's Team Caroline. Very, very. I mean, she goes, I love Ashley's impression of her. And she's definitely, she only has amazing things to say about Caroline. Yeah. So probably it's safe to say in this adaptation, because she doesn't have a daughter that she wants to set Darcy up with. I'm yeah. sure she's like, I want to see the family line be continued through Caroline. Caroline is well-bred. She's smart. She's a tiger mom. She's not a mom. Forget that. She's like a shark. She's a social society shark girl, like a vicious carnivorous animal. Yeah, she wants the best for her nephew, so she wants the best match for her nephew. Ah, the shades of Pembley to be thus polluted. But they're not. She wants them to be cleansed with Caroline. (laughs) Caroline cleansing. But I think, because basically Ricky leaves, and Charlotte comes in, and Lizzie's like, hey, is this normal? Does she always act this way? And she doesn't, I wouldn't say she quite trash talks Lady Catherine or, you know, Mr. Berg, whatever. Um, But definitely she starts questioning what kind of a person she is. And Ricky watches these videos. And heck, Lady Catherine or whatever, Mr. Berg, liked Lizzie and thought she was going to be the next partner for Ricky until she was like, sorry. So she probably watched her videos. There was nothing stopping her from continuing to watch them. Yeah. Once again, she shouldn't be talking about really big, famous, important, businessy people on her vlog. So even though we do kind of get this new character, there's really not a lot of new information that we're getting out of this episode. It's kind of like... This is what happened at the dinner. Nothing exciting happened. I mean, obviously we got the huge news that like, they're related. Darcy is involved in every aspect of her life. Mm -hmm. 
poor Lizzie. She's hating her life even more. Mm-hmm. But nothing really more than that. Uh, uh, well, another thing from the novel that we get is Lady Catherine asks, like, what do you do? What can you do? And she lists off, like, painting and dancing. And t- Lizzie's like, thank God I played tennis. That's true. Tennis swoops in for the first and last time. Yeah, that's the thing. Even though... Ricky had prepared her as much as he could with like the five page instructions that still wasn't enough for Lizzie she still felt like underprepared and caught off guard and felt like a little attacked if anything of mm-hmm. all the questions that Catherine de Berg had for her so really no one is safe <laughs> when you're around and talking to Catherine de Berg because she will tear you down she will so be somebody or just don't go to dinner <laughs> there you go Ricky does come back in at the end and they're talking about work. Very interesting. There was a really sweet line that yeah. Ricky said, because now that he is partners with Charlotte, he has that really nice line of, As you are my business partner's closest and dearest friend, you are forever welcome here. My work is my life. So you are both part of that now. Right. And what's so nice about that is, I mean, Lizzie judged him really harshly. And yeah. she's like, this guy's full of himself and he thinks he knows everything. And... He was very kind to her, and I think she's finally acknowledging the good intentions behind his pushiness. Yeah. I think Charlotte kind of helped her to see that, too. It wasn't really hanging out with Ricky Moore that she saw that. It was like seeing Charlotte be happy at her job, Charlotte really succeeding and doing excelling well, and, you know, yeah, yeah she's doing great. So she's like, maybe Ricky wasn't so bad after all. Maybe Kath- I missed out on something. Catherine didn't tear Charlotte limb from limb. No, so. yeah. There you go. I do think it's funny, though, for such a, what they say, Collins and Collins, is such a busy office, and there's so many things, and they have different wings, and she's not even the most luxurious part of the office. It's a pretty awfully quiet office. Not a lot of activity happening in the background. No, but they're still doing business. Yeah. They're still getting clients. I mean, Lizzie's probably in the abandoned part of the office just by herself. Because it's off-putting for people to watch or record her videos. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So they they kind of cleaned that part up yeah. with, with that line. Thanks, Rachel. Kylie. Yeah. Jumping to the comment section where we read original YouTube comments from when the episodes first aired. Episode 53, Romani Gypsy 92 says, Part of me thinks Ricky is cute, and part of me just thinks he's the human reincarnation of period cramps. Oh! <gasps> That's mean. Yeah, it is mean, but I see it, you know. He's annoying. He's annoying. Persistent. <laughs> you know, it just happens every month. Anyway, yeah, I like it. It's sort of, it's, it's mean, but it's clever. I can appreciate a clever line. Sarah Jane B says, the musical Avenue Q has a character who pretends to have a girlfriend who lives in Canada so that people don't know he's actually gay. Due to the distance, no one can meet her. So there's no way they can say she doesn't exist. It's the perfect ruse. I'm convinced that Mr. Collins is putting this, pulling the same trick and is actually gay. Actually, what's great is there's, uh, I remember a long time ago, someone made a musical mashup and gave kind of a famous musical song oh, to each of the characters. Yeah, yeah. And this was his, like, oh, I wish you could meet my girlfriend, my girlfriend who lives in Canada. Yeah. And... I kind of, but here's the thing with social media and everything, everyone expects to have pictures with each other. Yeah. But I would be down for this. I I don't think there's anything that says otherwise. And I don't, they never confirm or deny any of this. And again, like whenever Collins is kind of asked about uh, where's that, that line where Lizzie says, where he says he wants to spend more time in Manitoba because Manitoba is so beautiful. And she's like, well, also, you know, your fiance's there and you want to spend more time with her, right? And he's, he's like, like, oh, yeah. 
Yeah, my, and her. Fiance, who's a woman. Yeah. And, and, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So funny. there's like little things that they don't really lean into Ooh. at all. And then kind of hint toward, which I don't know. Is that a good thing? Is that a bad thing? They could have leaned into it and just said like, yeah. He's gay, and, you know... Then because, he's really not a, da- a viable marriage option. Yeah, I mean, because right now he's not either because of the fact that he's, you know, quote-unquote engaged, so he was never a marriage or, or eligible bachelor. It's abstract. Yeah. <laughs> LDN is I Love Corn Dogs. Great username. In the book, don't forget, she was impressed by DeBerg's prestige and statuses at first. When she met her in person and found her to be the snob she is, however... All that changed. I wouldn't call Lizzie nervous, but she does want to impress Catherine, which is true, at least at first, for both the book and this adaptation. Yeah, she's a towering figure in her industry. Yeah, she means she's willing to read through that list of long items that Lady Catherine likes or dislikes. She probably gave her a thumbs up. (laughs) Maybe. Maybe that's where she went wrong. From episode 54, Cassidy Crosby says, If Lizzie crash-landed on a desert island, Darcy would probably own the island. That's hilarious. A. Edith 1004 says, Okay, now we're going down. A dog? Really? A dog? Couldn't you just make Anne a really awkward, quiet girl with no charisma and a lack of video vlogging passion? Well, what I like about the dog is we know he's not going to marry, you know, he's not engaged. He's not engaged. Anakin's, so... Clearly, <laughs> Anne's not that important to us. I think because of the fact that marriage wasn't the end goal of this of this show, having him engaged or in a relationship would have complicated things unnecessarily. It's probably why they're upping the Caroline yeah. endorsement from Catherine. Yeah. Got it. Kara Fan says, I could totally see Kristen Wiig doing the same impression of Catherine DeBerg. I almost lost it on this one. Definitely one of the funniest impressions so far. And petting the stuffed dog was a hilarious touch. It was. Uh, yeah, I was thinking, like, what comedic actress, if they, if, you know, if the wedding ever happened and Catherine DeBerg was in it, what comedic actress could they get? Kristen Wiig. Come on. <laughs> Come on down. Yeah. yeah, that's right. We haven't. We haven't heard any news about the uh, Lizzie Bennett movie. No, there's been nothing. Wrote. Oh, What's I guess the deal, everybody. I mean, L- the LBD five thing That's is true. happening soon, if not happening right now. Yeah, we record these in advance. I know. Yeah, we do. So we're... surprise. <laughs> oh, we stack our episodes, but it's great. But so maybe, know. maybe we'll find out more stuff as it goes along. That'd be good. Little lady tomboy mm-hmm. says no. Anne can't be a dog. Just no. It's bad enough that Kitty is a cat and Mary is a cousin who, by the way, has nothing to do with the actual character. I know that this is a liberal take on the book, etc., and I do enjoy it, don't get me wrong, but I just miss all the drama these characters invoke, not to mention the complete lack of Papa Bennett so far. Hmm. A disgruntled audience member. To each his or her own. I'm fine with it. I have no issue with it. I have no issue with the animal thing. No. I mean, I, when, when the Lizzie Bennet Diaries happened, I remember I was just like, okay, I'm just on this ride I accept with you. It. I, I accept ex- everything. I accept all the premises you throw at me and all the changes from the novel. I accept them. Yeah. I thought it was hilarious that Proceed. Kitty yeah, Kitty was a cat. I was like, this is great. That is funny. This is great. And she has Kitty, a Twitter. Kitty's like the least relevant Bennet sister. Yeah. So, I mean, they had to make adjustments and some of them worked for some people and some of them didn't work for other people. But overall, you know, I think I thought it was fine. I was fine with it. We shall see how it goes in the future. Yeah.
That wraps it up for this episode. Check out our social media. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at The Pemberley. We're on Facebook at facebook.com slash The Pemberley. And if you'd like to talk to us directly or have any questions, email us at thepemberleypodcast at gmail.com. And to support the podcast, donate to our Patreon page at patreon.com slash thepemberley, or leave us a review on iTunes. That helps other people to find this podcast. You can find links to all of these pages on our WordPress page, thepemberleypodcast.wordpress.com, where we also include links to anything we mentioned on the show. Thanks again for listening. Bye! Bye.